spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Hey everybody, this is Gus from Redress for Dummies, and uh, we're hitting off episode 158 of the Common Law Word Nerds, and tonight we're doing hands-on health with Jeff and Dana. <clears throat> Tomorrow, we're going to be back with Common Law Shamanism with JC and the Shaman, and Saturday, we do a Bible study called Rock in the World, Rock in the Word with Sean. Sean leads us through Bible study on Saturday night, and tonight we're going to be talking about... Um, Sleep hygiene and my favorite offset circadian rhythms and uh, something I've been dealing with for a long time uh, and I think since puberty I, I used to think it was all my life but it, uh, you know, reflecting back I think it's since puberty and I'm not sure what kicked it off uh, one of the things uh, last night I I usually take two or three apricot pits before I go to bed and I took six, maybe seven last night. And for some reason, I woke up at seven this morning instead of noon, which is kind of a strange thing. I wasn't expecting at all. <clears throat> so I'm hoping to figure out what what that was all about. Um, Dana is the moderator. Jeff's the moderator. Eric, all right. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to Jeff and Dana. And uh, we'll get started. Well, this this show is about you. So it's about me, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's basically about you. So stay close by. Um, I know. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for coming. Yeah, Everybody. I dude, I'm sitting here thinking like I'm never gonna make the next two hours. I get up at seven this morning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, <clears throat> I just had a. That's are you, early for are you. you sh- are you shot? Are is that what you're saying? Oh yeah, I'm shot. I'm I'm just yeah. I mean, I'm good. I'll, I'll I'll make the next two hours, but, but yeah. That's good. By the well, time, you know, yeah, by the time the calls are have to I'll be. be wide awake. <laughs> I know, right? I'll be I'm wide awake. Right. I'll I'll be up till two or three this morning. I just gotta I'll be wa- I'll be outside hours. washing the I'll be outside washing the garage. Yeah. <laughs> well, you practiced <laughs> sleep restriction today. That's what you did. And that'll be I one did of what? the you practiced what's called sleep restriction. And that'll be one of the behavioral techniques and sleep hygiene techniques that we talk about tonight. Well but why don't you start with yeah. that? Huh? Why don't you start with that? Because that well, sounds really that, interesting and he... that jumping like in the middle of all kinds of stuff, but uh No, no, go ahead. Start with your sequence. <laughs> Well, um... Or go, we, yeah, go by what you were going to do, Dana. That's fine. Yeah, well, I I thought we might kind of start out talking about um, what our, what what a circadian rhythm is and how that works and and then, you know, kind of move into biological clocks and understand the differences there. Um, and so... I don't know if you guys want to jump in and do that, or if you want me, or, or what. Uh, 
I'd, I'd rather you go ahead. I uh, I know my my well. I just I, I I'm switching between Bluetooth and speaker because I've got company and they're listening to the show, and so if I leave it on speaker when I'm talking, it's going to loop and get all sorts of feedback. So um, yeah, I know. I mean, it's I'm going to try to keep uh, keep unmuted, but I don't want I don't want to cause a, a feedback loop. Um, the yeah, start with where, wherever you want to go, Dana. Well, let's well let's start with the circadian rhythm then. Um, okay. And that, you know, so whenever we we tend to feel more energized or drowsy during the day, and it's it's typically the same times every day. That that's our circadian rhythm at work, and and what that is is it's basically an internal twenty four hour clock that you know, is kind of running in the background like, you know, operating programs on computers. It's always just kind of running in the background of your brain, and it cycles between feeling sleepy and feeling alert, pretty basic stuff. And so, um, you know, that's, those are our basic sleep and waking cycles. Um, and so for most people, um, especially adults, like the biggest dip and our energy happens in the middle of the night, and that's usually between like two and four a.m. And 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 most folks, most tend to be asleep. Um, now, for people like me, I'm getting up <laughs> when I should be in some of my deepest sleep because I rise at three forty-five every morning, um, and I can honestly say that because I've never been a morning person. I've always been a night owl. Um, you know, every morning for I don't know how long now since we've been doing this, I wake up and think, my God, as soon as he walks out the door, I'm taking my ass back to bed. I'm so tired. And then like 20 after 4, I'm cool and I'm up and I'm moving around. And and then I lick my wounds and quit, you know, kind of whining. Um, and then uh, so anyway, that's, that's you know, most most folks – have their deepest sleep they're they're most tired um between like 2 and 4 a.m um and then a lot of times just after lunchtime so you know between like 1 and 3 and a lot of folks will you know experience a significant dip during that time frame and um i i know that that for me that was typically something usually in the morning between like eight and nine thirty, I get real draggy and tired, and then yeah, in the afternoon again. Um, and so, the I guess the important thing to recognize is, is a lot of times we're not going to notice those dips. We're not going to notice when we're as sleepy or when we're as energized if we're caught up on our sleep. Um, but we'll we notice bigger swings when we're not caught up on our sleep. Um, that happened to me today, like this morning, like by 9 a.m., I was just like, I can't do this anymore, and I fell back asleep. I just, like, fell asleep right on the couch covered in paperwork. So um, <clears throat> anyway, so that's that's our circadian rhythm, and that's controlled by the hypothalamus, which is a part of our brain, right? Um, and so it's impacted by outside factors. So lightness and, and darkness impact it uh, the most. Um, so at night, right, our eyes send like a signal to the hypothalamus 
and says, hey, make this make this person feel sleepy. It's It's time to start feeling tired. So then your brain sends signals to your body, and then melatonin is released. And then that is what helps us feel tired and, and get ready to, um, you know, wind down and, and, and fall asleep at night. Um, and, and, and so that tends to be why our circadian rhythm runs with day and night, okay, because of those signals that, you know, come through the eyes, go to the brain, and then are sent out to the body. Now, Gus, you have a your your circadian rhythm runs a little bit differently, correct? Yeah, mine's. Uh, <clears throat> I typically I, I will start winding down around two a.m. and I will have like on a not every night, but quite often around two in the morning, I'll make myself a nice big cup of coffee because as soon as I'm done with that, I'll, I'm going to feel like going to bed. Uh, that that puts me out, and so I'm not sure what uh, my brain releases to make me wake up and go to sleep. But when I see the twilight in the morning, you know, because it's pretty typical for me to stay, especially if I got something to do. If my brain's engaged, I'll be up till six in the morning, seven, eight. I mean, I'll roll right through to noon sometimes. But uh, typically, when I see the sun come up. That little twilight, that blue light, that is my signal to go to bed. And uh, I've gone, I've tried to reset it. I've tried going, you know, I mean, I just happened to go two or three days without sleep. I mean, it's, it's something I've done quite often because I don't, you know, I needed to be awake and I had kids. And, uh, and then when I wanted to sleep, uh, you know, when I could sleep, I was doing other things, fixing the house and, and whatnot. So I've had plenty of occasions where I, I pulled an all-nighter or two all-nighters in a row, and then I would be dragging the third day. You know, fourth, you know I've gotten as much as four days. Uh, but on the third day, typically I'm dragging butt. And it, it's kind of, you know, I'm sleepy during the day, but not really much more than usual. And then at 4 or 5 in the afternoon, even though I haven't had sleep in two days, all of a sudden I'm wide awake. And I just, I just start waking up at 4, 5, 6 in the afternoon, you know, depending on how much sleep I got the night before. But definitely does, by Does six. that matter between winter and summer? Uh, nope. Makes no difference at all. Okay. Well, and yeah. that could be, it could be um, a, a chemical or, I mean, a... Uh, that that builds in our um, our body. We have a substance called adenosine, and that builds up in your blood while you're awake. And then while you're asleep, your body breaks it down, and then the levels of the substance in your body tend to help trigger sleep when it's needed. And then a buildup of adenosine um, might be an explanation after like several nights of less than optimal sleep um why then you just become so exhausted and and then you have a what's what would be kind of referred to as a sleep debt can i jump in here for a second mm-hmm. so adenosine is uh in mushrooms and uh reishi 
and they are modulators. <clears throat> so they help balance that uh, out and get those levels acting correctly uh, in your body. So that would be an interesting thing to check out. So when I send you some samples of that, that'll be interesting to see how that calm affects you. When uh, when is that reishi good to take in the morning or in the evening? Well, I see. Here's here's what I I say. It's a modulator, you know, so it it's, it depends right. so on what you need. What do you want to do? You see. So if if it, it, I'm just gonna you know in layman's terms, it's called calm, <laughs> right? So it's gonna it's gonna slow things down. It's gonna slow stressors down. It's gonna slow your mind down. It's gonna bring the clarity. But it's going to bring about a calm. So, you know, when do you want that to happen? Question. Do you want it to happen, you know, at 10 o'clock? You know, then take it at, at, uh, at nine, you know, 9, <laughs> you know, quarter, quarter after 9, you know, um, and see what happens. Well, see, the, the, the biggest problem is... Uh, like my dad wakes up at 4.30 in the morning. So he gets up, he's out, he's doing his thing, taking full advantage of whatever sunlight there is. And uh, I can't do that, you know. I, it's just, I'm sleeping. I'm, you know, I mean, my best sleep is from 6 to noon every day. And, that, you know, and it doesn't matter if I go to bed at midnight, I'm still sleeping till noon. If I go to bed at 4 in the morning, I'm sleeping till noon. Not it's today. Just, Today was very different. I don't know what happened, and I'm really okay. curious if, if it was those apricot pits. So but, now you're, uh, saying, you're saying apricot. You're saying apricot pits. So they ground up. How, what is that? What are you taking? What are you they're, they're, they're like, they, they look like almonds. Yeah. Okay. Bitter almonds. Yeah. Bitter apricot. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I don't know what's in there. I mean, I, I take them for the B17, but I don't know what Excellent. else is in there. What's that, Dana? Uh, oh, my, I might be getting confused now. Uh, <laughs> now I'm going to get it Amygdalin. confused. Amygdalin. Uh, it tastes great. Amygdalin? Amygdalin? Yeah. Yeah. And okay. I've done the apricot pits, and it's, yeah, it. I I actually believe they work. To to wake you up. How do they work? Well, okay. My understanding is that they have. I can't remember what it is. It's some kind of. It's some kind of toxin. It's like. A, it's either arsenic or cyanide. Yeah, that's what I was or, coming or up with the amygdala. That was the wrong word. I think it's cyanide. Yeah, it's cyanide. Has, I'm, I'm but, pretty sure it's cyanide. Yeah, so what happens is when it goes into you, it's connected in this amygdalin uh, whatever configuration. So when it when it goes through your gut, it doesn't it doesn't attack anything. But when there's like a a parasite or a a virus or a bacteria that tries to consume it, then that cyanide comes out of it and it destroys whatever tried to eat it. So uh, that's how it was explained to me. I don't know if any of that's true, but I have taken apricot pits and it's 
it's not just regular apricot pits. The ones I got were from Afghanistan, or not from Afghanistan, from Iran. And they're the bitter apricots. They're not the, uh, you know, you want to get the ones from like the Himalayan area and the Persian kind of area. And it's not that other regular apricot pits don't work, but they're just not as powerful and potent. Well, and it is the uh, amygdalin, and it's often it's often misrepresented as the latrell, uh, which was synthetic amygdalin that was invented Laetril. by German. Laetril. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Now it's coming to me, right? Yeah, and um, yeah. So anyway, it's it's the different but yeah anti-cancer and then um they're sorry my cat's attacking me um so yeah it has some boosting uh, properties um and the bitters also uh begins to promote digestion which kind of wakes the body up and um but of course sleep promotes digestion as well but it it helps get the body up and going. So, so if I could just say one more thing about the uh, the apricot kernels, when I was researching it, uh, apparently there was a like Alexander the Great when he was marching across the Himalayas with his all his stuff. Uh, he left a group of people to grow crops for the return trek of his armies and he those he never went back that way so those people just stayed there and they would use apricot kernels as or apricot pits whatever you want to call it as currency and they would always eat i believe it was like 14 or 17 a day and they would eat them like two hours after the noonday meal and I'm, I, I'm not sure the significance of that, but it might have something to do with the phytates that tend to be in nuts and seeds and stuff like that, which tend to bind up some of the chemicals or the minerals like, uh, you know, iron, magnesium, uh, calcium, stuff like that. So you want to eat your nuts and seeds at a different time than you eat your, like, the salads or the greens or the fruits, whatever you get your uh, your minerals from. So I, I I don't know if there's any truth to that, or I don't know if you guys know any have heard anything about that. Can you guys expound on that? I I have always allowed people or been okay with people taking a you know. There's some people you really need to chew them in order to activate them properly in the whole digestive piece. But there are some folks who are flavor sensitive and whatnot, or they find them difficult to chew. So I ha- I'll have them grind them up and, and take into a smoothie or something. Yeah, you can also get powdered. Right. You can get it powdered, and, and it's the seed is the inside of the pit. Yeah, right. It's a the the it's I guess the pit would be the hard shell around, and then right. you crack it open, 
and you get that kernel that's, out of the inside. That's right. That's correct. Yep. And they, there's a lot of health benefits as far as pH balancing and, you know, heart benefits and antimicrobial properties and immune system support as uh, she's stating. You know, we, we say this too, and, you know, being that, again, you know, here we are talking about this and it's gut-related, you know. Um, it's all gut-related. Interesting. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh... It is all gut related, and and that seems to be. Um, I mean, if the apricot pits do that stuff, like like I, you know the experience I had last night, I've been taking those pits for months, but I usually take them in the morning, and I just happen, to, you know, I mean, I, I'll take them at night, but you know, sometimes at six at night, eight at night, it's it's never right before bed, and. Uh, or at least not, you know, not like it was last night. And certainly, I read on the label, you're only supposed to have three, you're not supposed to have more than three in an hour. And so I, oh. you know, last night, <laughs> well, last night, I just, I had, I took my three, and I was like, these are really good. And, and I think the chocolate I was having really helped them make them taste better. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I, chocolate, I chocolate always helps. Chocolate and peanut butter, yay! Oh. Yeah, well, I wanted to have more. Uh, I wanted to have more of that, whatever that flavor was that I had with them. Right. It was. Uh, it was actually chocolate covered um, uh, pomegranate, I think. <laughs> so, uh, so I had a few more, and it, and it uh, definitely so, it, something happened last night. They, they're My, also an they're also an analgesic, so they relieve pain. So, <clears throat> you know, they also help with blood pressure so i can see that being part of helping someone calm calm down and and the body calm down and the mind calm down too so so the the reishi um <clears throat> you and i were talking about the stuff that i have the powdered stuff you said it's really not that powerful huh yeah not if it's just ground up reishi mushroom yeah no and that's gonna it, it like you said it tastes like crap too i mean it's you know you think about an extract, and Dana, you can you can attest to this. How many how when you make an eight to one extract, right? What does that mean? How much of something do you need to to make that extract of that when you're making a a three to one extract, or you you know you name the the amount, but you know help people understand how much of like an herb it takes to make a an ounce of an extract or a half ounce. Oh 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 gosh yeah so. Um... Oh, you know, God. if you're making it a, a, a one to one, so yeah. If, you're, if you if you if you were just making even let's say eight eight ounces, you'd, you'd be mixing well eight ounces of your your product, your herb or whatever you're utilizing to one part of whatever your liquid might be, your menstruum, whether it's glycerin or alcohol or or, or whatever. And so it it's um, very thick, very dense, uh, you know, makeup. It it takes it takes a lot of herbs to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's that's my point. I mean, to make to make to make one gram, let's just say, of oil, of cannabis oil. Oh, uh, right. One yeah. So if you're looking at one gram of of cannabis, well, about a quarter ounce of of cannabis 
or one ounce of trim, uh, yeah, full ounce of trim just to get one gram of cannabis oil. Just gives you an idea of how how what it takes to make an herbal extract, you know. Yeah, I remember how the much first of, time I made that. And yeah. I was like, you got to be kidding me. What? <laughs> <laughs> this better be strong. It yeah. was. <laughs> it so, was. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of it's it's it, it's really important to well, know like, how many mushrooms that, you need, how many mushrooms that, you need to make, you know. Uh, a potent extract, a real, a real potent extract, and how many, you know, um, you know, it takes to make a, a pow- in powder form, in and and encapsulate it. Um, yeah, it takes tons of mushrooms to make. Oh, pounds and pounds. A very, a, a very small amount of an extract, because again, you're not using any of the mushroom really. You're just extracting it out of the cap. You're you're extracting these cells out of the cap and and these pores and. So, well, and with the, most mushrooms, there's at least a most require at least a dual extraction of mm-hmm. an alcohol extraction and a water extraction because <laughs> alcohol pulls certain molecules and chemical compounds from the mushrooms, and water pulls certain, you know, and, chemicals and, and, and compounds. And my company does also an, an enzyme extraction, so it takes even yeah, more. Yeah, you guys out. are. You know, I mean, that, that stuff is sick. And so, yeah, it's it's really neat because that's really important. You know, those dual extractions are really, really important, getting all of the, you know, the medicine that you can out of it. Um, you know, it's, it's like a full flower extract, you know, um, getting a full flower extract as opposed to, you know, um, you know, a long soak and a short soak or whatever. So, you know, um, all these things come into play. So anyway, getting back to the... Um, um maybe that adenosine modulation would help. Mm-hmm. What the, that was pretty pretty neat that you brought that up, by the way. The apricot thing? The, the, is that what you're talking about, that modulation? No, the mushroom. The adenosine. Reishi. Oh, the reishi. The beta, okay. Yeah, because the, the reishi <clears> brings <throat> beta-glucan, beta too, and like in large amounts, and adenosine and other things. Um, but as a modulator, it helps get all that in line and in levels. Uh, you know, like I, when we were talking about, like, the beta-glucan levels in people being low and deficient because we're not getting it from any of the foods, really, um, that's where the mushrooms come into play because they bring this stuff in abundance. And they not only bring it in abundance, but they bring the, the modulation of, of those things as well. So... Can you explain a modulator? Like, how does that work? And why don't you explain that? You could probably oh, explain I that better the easy, than me. I mean, a modulator is just like it sounds. So, yeah. if if something needs to increase, it's going to help it increase. If something needs to decrease, it's going to help it decrease. So, uh, I'm just going to correct my pronoun- my pronunciation on stuff. It's so <laughs> awful, but. Um, uh, Oh no, adaptogens, right? So they adapt. Adaptogens. Adaptogens. They, they They're adapt. adaptogenic. Yep. Yeah. To what on the fly. Needed. They go where you need it most. Like I had a lady. I'll give you an example. I had a lady who had a bad knee. This is a true story. It's kind of weird, but it's true. Um, and she decided, and she was having some pain in that knee, and she 
decided to take the liver formula that we we have. And it's, the liver formula is really a cleanse um, for the liver too. And um, we tend to hold a lot of emotion in our cell in cells. And when our li- liver is backed up, um, mm-hmm. and then we we release that stuff, we can tend to you know. Uh, Gus and I talk about herxing, and we kid around about it. But you can tend to like emotionally herx. And what happened to her was. Uh, she took this for her knee, and she ended up in a fetal position in her living room for three hours, bawling. <laughs> and and she called me at, right after it happened, and and she said, "I just want to thank you, you know, because we've been trying to deal with this knee thing with her for a little while." And um, I said, "What? What's going on?" And she goes, "She goes, well, I took some of the cleanse, and I took like four or five of them, you know, because the knee was bugging me, and I feel like you know it's inflamed, and I wanted to get it out of me." And I ended up on the living room floor for like three hours crying, and I realized that I had to dealt with my daughter's death from three years ago. I really never mourned her death. And I tell you what, for the last three hours, I mourned the hell out of it. <laughs> and and she she's like, that, I haven't felt better in years. You know, and guess what? The knee's not bothering. So it did take the inflammation. I've had that happen with myself and other people too, where our knees, you know, I, did something to my knee and it blew up and and I took an overabundance of the mushrooms and I had full range of motion and could use the leg uh, by the next day when I shouldn't have been able to any other time. But um, yeah, that that's something that that happens that can happen and it, it's just interesting how these adaptogens work. They go to where you, she had to get rid of that uh, uh, lactic acid buildup and all that stress from that. Um, in order to get to the next level of healing for herself, and it, and she did it, you know, she didn't even know she needed to do it. Really, she knew she maybe she knew once once she was doing it, but she she if she it all came together, you know, and um, those so uh, those adaptogens, those uh, the beta glucans and the polysaccharides and all that, those are also in chaga. And, uh, that's correct. Is there, is chaga the same the same way? Because I I've been drinking chaga it can for be. Uh, seven years, but I've never. I mean, I just did an extract, uh, a tincture, um, where I put thirty two ounces of uh, a mason jar, a big mason jar, full of chaga, and filled it up with vodka, and I let it sit for about four months, and I just strained it, and it's really really strong. Oh but yeah. It makes, Makes me wonder if the chaga that I'm drinking, the tea, if it's really doing anything. Yeah, I mean it's there, well, it's, it's helping, I'm sure. Not but a lot. I mean, it's a real. It's not going to do anything like the rice is going to do. I can tell you that. No, what? Well, not even close. and and again, teas require a lot more. So if you'll look That's at true. dosing instructions for teas, I mean, to get therapeutic benefit, you're having to drink four to six eight ounce cups of that tea daily to get the medicinal benefit. And so a lot of people are like, oh, I sipped on a cup of blah, blah, blah today. I'm rocking it. And it's really great they did it. But it's unfair um, for it not to be corrected for them to understand that, yes, this is a great way to supplement and help. However, you've got to take, you know, three to four times a day, sometimes up to six, to get the medicinal benefits. You've got it. Hey. Oh, hey, we have somebody. No, he's, it's Lupin. 
uh, because of the oh. speaker with Gus, but that's okay. That's not, and that, that's not me, Lupin. Somebody else. Oh, I was somebody excited. Else was I heard a girl. Sorry, I think that was me. I was muted out. I thought I was muted out. She heard herself and was excited that somebody else was on the call. So, so you know, as an getting like the the tea that we offer, um, it comes like in thirty packets in a box, right? And it's funny because on the box it says, you know, you can make a cup. Now it doesn't tell you that you can you should reuse the tea bag, right? So in 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 reality, our tea bag, if you put it in a quart of water on the stove and you boil it and simmer and then simmer it and turn it off, that's your tea. It makes a quart to two quarts of tea, okay, one packet. And then you save that tea bag because you can use it for other things. So, but I had a woman who didn't do that, and instead she made, uh, she called me up after she started using protocol, and she was constipated. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. She goes, and I love the tea, you know, and I go, it's great, I'm glad, but how are you making the tea? And she goes, well, I'm you know, putting it in a cup and, you know, I'm letting it steep in there for like 10 minutes. So she was making this really potent cup of tea and she was drinking it and she was, and the mushrooms are, are, I mean, they will dehydrate you. You need to up your water intake a little bit with mushroom when you use extracts because of how deeply they uh, go into your (laughs) intestines and stuff. So anyway, um, once she told me what she was doing, I explained to her how to make the tea again. And it's something I always say to people, when you get your stuff, let's get on the phone again and go over this, you know. And, and so once she did that um, and she realized that she her, she fixed the constipation issue. So it depends on the tea. And you're absolutely right. Um, that is an absolute fact. The, people don't realize that, you know, they have to drink quite a bit to get the medicinal value in most of the tea that's out there. And that's very important. That's that's why the extraction is important and how it's extracted and the triple extraction really helps with pot- with the potency. So mm-hmm. um and most of the stuff out there is not. You know, it they actually no, nobody else is triple ex- extracting because it's a world patent. So um we know that the potency isn't really there um with anybody else. And that's again you know, uh, why it's so important to know what it's made out of, um, where the medicine is coming from, what they're calling medicine, you know. Um, you know, people can say something is uh, shilajit or whatever, and, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that's so, or kratom or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. you got you to gotta really, really watch what you're doing. And, it, and right down to can't you know hemp oils out there and mushroom extract read the label man well there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of different extracts and you know you were talking to me about uh cbn i think it was actually both of you guys were yeah Yeah. cbn the sleepy time so what are the uh what is so back to to the uh sleep hygiene what else uh i think we cut dana off a couple of times but if you want to re- resume, Dana, I'd, well, I'd like to get it on the recording, kind of like we've already been on the, you know, for 40 yeah. minutes or so. So I'd, I'd like to get it on the recording at the beginning, like now, if possible, uh, so that people who check in later can get get the meat, and then we can 
uh, bounce around a little bit after. I, I, I don't know if there's, I'm, I imagine there's a ton more you wanted to cover. You sent me a bunch of articles to read. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Um, well, no, I, I'm going to get to them. About, though, next, so biological clocks, um, because those biological clocks aren't, you know, just, you know, like my cousin Vinny, where she's like, my biological clock's ticking. Everybody's got a biological clock. Um, and it's it's our innate, well, organisms' innate timing devices because um, they're, our biological clocks are made up of proteins that interact with cells throughout our body, and they're found in nearly every tissue and every organ. And researchers have identified, like, similar genes in people, fruit flies, mice, fungi, and um, other organisms that are responsible for making, right, the, 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 the clock's components, right? So um, the biological clock and the circadian rhythm are different. Um, they're related, but they're not the same thing. And so um, biological clocks produce circadian rhythms, and they help regulate their timing. And so... This is something that's, you know, kind of important to you, Gus, and, and to some others who struggle with sleeping. So our master clock, you know, um, we have a master clock in our brain, right? And that helps our biological clock keep moving, and it helps keep the clocks in sync. However, um, oh, I lost my train of thought, but... <laughs> Anyway, the clocks have about 20,000 20, nerve cells, different neurons, um, in um, the superchiasmatic nucleus, the SCN, and that's in the hypothalamus. And we talked about the hypothalamus earlier, right, because we get light in through the eye, it sends a message, and then we have melatonin or um, adenosine uh, created in our body. And so um, I think that when we begin looking at the environmental factors, this is really important because, guess, this affects you and so many others, and especially with the fact that we are all um, surrounded by blue light. Um, we're, we're constantly, we're drowning in, in blue light. So... Um, the main the main cue that influences circadian rhythms is what daylight, and so this can turn genes off or on that that control our biological clocks, and so it can um, when we change our light and dark cycles, it can speed it up or slow it down, um, or you know, you go if you go camping and you totally unplug and you go camping, you'll completely reset your sleep cycle as well as um, your circadian rhythm because it's going to help put that biological clock, that master clock, back in in synchronicity. Um, and so, anyway, when when we're not practicing, so we can, we can get into some of that. Um, you know, some of the things that we can do, but electronics are, are killing us, 
absolutely killing us. How many times have you guys looked at your Facebook feed and you've got, you know, a slew, and some of them are the regulars, those friends who are up at like 3 in the morning and are like, oh, my God, I can't sleep. And I just, you know, like I want to poke at them through the computer and go, get your ass off that electronic device. You know, that's, no, you're not going to go to sleep when you're being stimulated by, you know, I mean, your, your brain, it's like crack. Our electronic devices impact our brains the same as crack cocaine does, okay, the exact same way. And we, we, we're, we're stimulating ourselves, and we're tearing ourselves down, and then we're creating these very irregular sleep patterns. And, you know, back in the day when it was just kind of dark and there wasn't anything to do, and you certainly didn't call somebody's home phone number in the middle of the night and be like, hey, man, what you doing? You up? <laughs> right? You, you went back to sleep. You did what you were supposed to do. Um, and now we have all kinds of distractions and things that get in the way. We've got all kinds of things that beep and make noise because we don't turn these electronic devices down. We've got all kinds of lights in our room because we've got remote controls and TVs and DVRs and boxes that, cable boxes and whatever other crap you got in there. Um, you know, so we, we really, really need to kind of break it down and talk about these things because we're, we're damaging our rhythm and we're damaging our clock or we're, we're, we're knocking it off because we have all of this, we've got daylight during the night and, you know, it's, and people hiding in the dark during the day. Why? So they can see the screen better. I was going to stop for a minute and let you guys chime in. <laughs> Dana, what? Uh, how about essential oils? How do they affect um, sleep? Phenomenal. I mean, aromatherapy is one of the quickest ways uh, to administer uh, a medicine or, or something beneficial, right? Inhalation. And so there's, you know, Oh, gosh, all kinds of things. Um, I always encourage people to kind of choose a smell that they like, but, you know, herbs or essential oils like chamomile or valerian or lavender. Valerian kind of smells like a toe. It smells like a flowery toe. It's a little weird. Um, Lavender, lemon balm, uh, magnolia, those, uh, and, and then for some, patchouli, not me, I that that hippie dust, woo, or, mm, I can't stand that smell. Um, if frankincense is another calming one, again, not my favorite smell, so that would not be something I personally would utilize. But, yeah, um, I always encourage people to utilize essential oils or, again, you know, herbals. So have an herbal tincture or, uh, you know, an herbal tea, uh, and, and those things might be kind of relaxing. Catnip is really great for inducing sleep. Um, but it can make you hot. It can make you heat up at night or heat up when you're asleep. So for my ladies with night sweats, you probably wouldn't want so much catnip in your diet. Um, but, yeah, essential oils are phenomenal. And you can do power inhalation, which would be, 
either holding, you know, the bottle up to your face and cupped and taking big, deep breaths. Um, for about 10, 10 to 12 minutes, you take a big, deep breath and, you know, pull away and, and, and you know, do that for several minutes. Certainly diffusers um, are, are good. Uh, you know, they, they can be very helpful. I, I frequently will mix essential oils into a spray bottle with some distilled water and, you know, a little vodka and, a, you know, just a, a touch of uh, glycerin, and I'll spray it on my pillows, and I spray it on the edges of my blankets and sheets where my face is. So I, when I pull them up, you know, and I snuggle down, I've got all that good, you know, smell I like that makes me feel good. It takes me to a happy place. It makes me feel calm. Um, and you can make herbal sashes. So, you know, where you stuff some good smelling herbs into a little baggie and stuff it in your pillow. So, yeah, there's a number of things that you could do, and, and certainly then topical applications. So, um, you know, just just under uh, the nose, uh, around the temples, the base of the skull can be good application sites, you know, um, as well. You know, again, it, it, for sleep, the bottoms of the feet. Um, we have over 10,000 receptors down there, and every part of, you know, on the bottom of our foot is connected to a specific organ or area of the body. Um, and so, you know, reflexology, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of benefit to, to utilizing oils that way. Um, my husband, I mean, he looks, of course, he's probably hating Tuesday nights now because he doesn't get his rub down, but we, you know, came up with, uh, I, I used a goat's milk lotion base. He loves it. We came up with a blend of essential oils that he really likes, like cedarwood and uh, lemon balm and neroli and just a bunch of really good, nice-smelling, calming herbs, and he gets a rub down from you know, head to toe every night, and then I tuck him in and tuck Piggy in, and out I go back to work. So um, those are really good. I do want to be real clear just for folks who do use essential oils and who use diffusers. Essential oils and diffusers are not safe around kitty cats. Um, they lack an enzyme to be able to break down the essential oils because essential oils are very potent and you'll kill them, and it's a really awful death. So, yeah, please don't use essential oils on your kitty cats, and if you do have a diffuser, please make sure it's in a place that, you know, kitty it and trying to snuggle up next to the diffuser. Oh, yeah, that doesn't sound too good. <clears throat> hey, you mentioned... You mentioned something about uh, resetting your circadian rhythm, camping in the woods. Something I I I missed uh, I missed something in there. Could you just cover that again? Well, yeah. So uh, when we go, uh, if you were to go camping and do fairly primitive camping, right? So you're tent camping, you've got some lanterns for nighttime fire, and 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 so on and so forth. So. Um, anybody who's camped knows that even if you're somebody who likes to sleep in, pretty much within a day or two of camping, you're rising with the sun and ready to go down 
with the sun. You know, like your your sleep patterns begin to regulate again. Um, it begins to regulate because we're exposed to only natural lights, you know, and, and then darkness. And we don't have, tend not to have the constant stimulation, which allows our brain to slow down, which allows, you know, stress stress hormones like cortisol and other things to chill in production. And it just allows a reset to occur um, within our bodies. But, you know, yeah, two weeks and, it, and, you know, people with pretty insane insomnia could be, be back on, on track to, to, to having healthy sleep patterns and cycles. So a lot of that has to do with just our, you know, understanding the ionosphere and getting an idea of like electromagnetic waves, right? So, and and that has a lot to do with getting back to what you you said earlier in reference to radiation and Wi-Fi and cell phones and all that stuff. So I've done a little research on on what is called what are known as Gwen towers. And and I'm just going to read read something really quickly, and it just kind of gives us an idea of why what you just said works and, and what how the ionosphere and electromagnetic wave conductor 100 kilometers above the Earth consists of a layer of electrically charged particles acting as a shield from solar winds. Natural waves are related to the electrical activity in the atmosphere and are thought to be caused by multiple lightning storms. Collectively, these waves are called the Schumann resonance, the current strongest at 7.8 hertz. These are quasi-standing, extremely low-frequency ELF waves that naturally exist in the Earth's electromagnetic cavity, the space between the ground and the ionosphere. These Earth brain waves are identical to the spectrum of our brain waves. One hertz equals one second per second, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it actually says here, the creator designed living beings to resonate to this natural frequency pulsation in order to evolve harmoniously. The ionosphere is being manipulated this says by the U.S. government scientists using an Alaskan transmission uh, transmitter called HARP, and this goes into some of the HARP stuff and, and ELF and what these Gwen towers uh, that are set out every 200 miles across the country um, are all connected. And uh, basically, what they're saying is, you know, they're trying to flip um, everything. So um, the intended wattage is 17 billion watts of power a former government insider deduced they want to flip the world upside down, 64 elements in the ground, modulate with variation the geomagnetic waves naturally coming from the ground. The Earth's natural brain rhythm above is balanced with these. So these are the same minerals as the red blood corpuscles. There's a relation between the blood and the geomagnetic, uh, geomagnetic waves. An imbalance between the Schumann and geomagnetic waves disrupts biorhythms period. So this whole idea of going out into the woods and grounding and being away from some of that stuff and getting uh, into the real uh, magnetic fields of of the planet (laughs) totally makes sense. You know, we are, um, we bleed the same iron of stars long gone. And so it all makes, that all makes sense to me. One of the, uh, so when I first moved to Minnesota, I moved to what's called the Iron Range. I was there. Well, I didn't move there. I visited there for two months, and 
being in the Iron Range, uh, I had heard about the magnetosphere, and within two or three days of being in that area, I was exhausted by midnight and getting up at 8 in the morning. The only other place that's ever happened is when I was living in Los Angeles. Uh, same exact thing. I was there for maybe two days, three days at the most, and I was tired at 11 o'clock at night and uh, pretty much wide awake by 8 in the morning. My my pattern shifted immediately when I came back. Like when I came to Minnesota the first time, I was up at the Iron Range. As soon as I got back to New Hampshire two months later, my pattern went right back to what it, what it is today. And then uh, I was in Los Angeles from last Labor Day a year ago till about Christmas. And uh, as soon as I got back home to Minnesota, same thing. Everything shifted right back to what it is today. And that's what I had been reading about was the magnetosphere because it's supposedly a whole lot stronger on the um, on the uh, Pacific coast. So what do you call it? A, 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 you said it was a Schumann resident, resonance? Yeah, hold on. Let me get back to that. Yeah, the Schumann the Schumann resonance. So what they they there's some you know a doctor uh, Andreja Puharich in the 50s and 60s um, found that a clairvoyant's brain waves turned to eight hertz when their psychic powers were operative. And then what they talk about is like 7.8 hertz, the Earth's pulse rate made a person feel good, producing an altered state. 10.8 hertz caused riotous behavior. 6.6 hertz causes depression. So, interestingly, how ELF waves can change RNA and DNA in the body. Breaking hydrogen bonds to make uh, someone resonate at a higher vibratory rate. Um, And he wanted to to go beyond the psychic 8 hertz brainwave and attract PSI phenomena. So it's it's really interesting to read up on some of this stuff and how think how uh <laughs> electromagnetics, I mean we are just energy man. And when that gets messed with, all kinds of things get thrown off health wise. So again, you know, things like mushroom extracts, mushrooms in general protect us from radiation, eat radiation, remove radiation from the body. That's why they're so vital for people that go through radiation and chemotherapy. As a, uh, as a side note, for as far as radiation goes, they, uh, they sent robots into Chernobyl, Chernobyl, the, the Russian nuclear disaster, mm-hmm. and uh, they found the only thing growing was this black slime on the, uh, on the walls of the buildings. It was uh, inside... Yeah, exactly. And because there's nothing else living, the scientists were puzzled as to what they were eating to survive, you know, what what kind of food. And they were literally eating the radiation. That's what they were surviving on was that particular radiation. And uh, I, uh, about six, six, seven years ago, I gave my sister-in-law some chaga. She was going through uh, some kind of radiation therapy for breast cancer. And she didn't actually have breast cancer. She had something, and they, you know, it was like a precautionary thing. And uh, I gave her my opinion about all that. But I also I'm gave sure. her chaga. And sure. she was using chaga for about, she, she would go to the, uh, to the radiation therapy, then go home exhausted. And after about a week or so, a week and a half of, of being on chaga, she went, um, 
she went for another radiation session and she felt good enough to go work out when she was done. So she went and worked out. Yeah. And then, um, again, a couple weeks later, she, uh, she felt great, went and worked out after the session, met with her doctor the following, following week because he was concerned because it didn't look like the radiation was working anymore. Right. So, so, yeah, there's a lot to be said about mushrooms absorbing radiation. Absolutely, and that's why our, uh, specifically the, our tea was designed to, to protect children. And the thing is, radiation is cumulative. You know, um, it, it keeps building up, building up, building up. Uh, and children's bodies are so much smaller, and they're in front of these electronic devices that, um, you know, Dana's talking about. She's so right about that. And, you know, you and I talked about LEDs, LED screens and blue light and what LED light can do to people. So um, all these different things that we think are awesome, uh, we, if we just do a little research, we, we, one thing that I know most of us don't do is uh, remediate the radiation that we deal with on a daily basis. Because really one of the only ways to do it is with mushroom extracts. And most people don't realize how bad it is. From smart meters to Wi-Fi to, I mean, I've read that the guy who invented Wi-Fi doesn't use it. <laughs> His office is all hardwired. Yeah, there's no reason to be on Wi-Fi because uh, you can hardwire anything. You just got to run the wires, you know, and not be lazy. Pretty much. Except a lot of devices, you can't hardwire. Well, no. Now they're coming out with the printers and everything else that are Wi-Fi. Yeah, you know, you can't even you can't even plug it in now. Like I don't, you know, weird. Yeah, they they yeah. So they they promote that stuff. So as far as uh, back on track with sleep hygiene, what what else uh, should people be? Uh, oh, the the blue light, the LED stuff. Uh, the article I was reading was was saying that if you've got blue light, that uh, a lot of people are buying infrared light to uh, put on wherever they're working and uh, to offset all that blue light. And another thing, yeah, from the LEDs yep. or from the from the monitor, computer monitors or whatever. Um, the other thing I read was that, uh, I don't know if it's Android or, or the iPhone, or there's an app that came out that uh, somehow blocks the blue light that comes off your phone. It, it changes it. It gives it a different spectrum or something like that. So I haven't had a chance to look into that yet. Yeah, and so all those things affect our, you know, psyche and our our brain waves and our, I would think, our sleep patterns too. You know, it, it reminds me, I don't know if you guys ever heard about the, in, in Japan they had a cartoon years ago and, uh, I don't know, 30,000 children had seizures watching the cartoon from all the lights that were blinking. Nobody? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, you got, you got strobe lights. If you turn, if you go, if you put strobe lights in a school at a, at a, yeah, at a particular frequency, you're going to have all kids, all sorts of kids seizing. Oh, well, I just want people to realize, I just, 
go look at the local schools and see how many cell phones, how many schools and churches and stuff like that have cell phone towers or quote unquote cell phone towers. Very interesting to see that. Hey, just uh, just a quick heads up for anybody uh, listening or listening to the recording later. On the uh, website, redressthedummies.org, uh, there's a page there for uh, hands-on health with uh, Jeff and Dana. And at the bottom of that page, there's some of the shows that are listed uh, that we've done, the ALS, Lou Gehrig's, and uh, Gut Health. There's, there's different shows that are listed there as a quick link. And on tonight's show uh, for sleep hygiene and uh, offset circadian rhythms, there's uh, what Dana does is she sends me a bunch of PDFs, uh, you know, five or six, seven of them, uh, about a particular subject. So at the bottom of the those shows, like like tonight's show, there's uh, stuff for you guys to read. So there's um, there's graphs graphics that are posted on the website, and they're in. Um, if you're on a computer on the left-hand column, you'll see each month, December, January, February, March of 2013, 14, 15, because I've been doing this for a while. So if you if you go to today's date, on uh, in August 2018, you scroll down to today's date, you'll see that show. But you'll also see a show in the Hands-On Health. Uh, you'll see a link to this show on hands-on health. So there's a variety of different places. There's contact information where you can reach Jeff and Dana if you want to work with them on a particular issue where you're looking to get some, some kind of a remedy. Uh, but there's a, there's a lot of resources there. There's, uh, my email is all over the place on that website. So if you can't, for some reason, get a hold of uh, Jeff or Dana, just get in touch with me. My phone number is 603-396-1092. Feel free to call anytime between noon and midnight, and uh, I'll put you in touch with whoever you, you're trying to find. Dana, is there uh, something else you wanted to get into? Did we lose Dana? Because I haven't heard her for a few minutes. Yeah, no, I haven't either. Did she mute herself? I ha I I was muted. That's why nobody could hear me. Hi, <laughs> Dana. Okay. So that's okay. It kept me from interrupting, right? Because I caught myself interrupting a few times. Oh. And I was like, ooh, they're getting good at ignoring. (laughs) Um, So I want to back up because we kind of jumped into some of the remedies before. I wanted wanted folks to understand that there are actually – a group or uh, there there are several circadian rhythm sleep disorders okay and so they're they're in two basic categories there's intrinsic built in and extrinsic which are circumstantial substantial so things that we may not be able to control so much so intrinsic disorders are those when your body clock is substantially off from kind of the rest of society and so it could either be that, like, you like to go to sleep and rise later than normal. So, Gus, that's kind of like you. Or some like to go to sleep and rise earlier than than others. Um, and, and others um, may have a fragmented, a day that's more fragmented. And it just gets later and later, and, and, and then, again, we become sleep-deprived. Um, 
intrinsic disorders are those kinds of things in our circadian rhythm um, where our, our rhythm is in sync with typical light-dark patterns, but due to our jobs or school or travel or, or things like that, our, our clock is disrupted um, because our, our, our schedule has been disrupted. Okay, so there's sleep, uh, delayed sleep phase syndrome, DSPS, and this is when a person generally feels tired later at night than most people do, so it causes them to stay up later. And even though they stay awake later into the night, um, they still require that same seven, eight, nine hours of sleep that, that everyone else requires. So we find our, those folks find themselves rising later. So, Gus, this is you right now. This has been you at periods. Um, and so for folks like that, mel- melatonin production doesn't usually begin um, until two or more hours uh, later than it would for other people. So this causes you to stay awake later. Um, but when the melatonin production is delayed, it lasts about the same amount of time, meaning um, getting up earlier is going to be more difficult because you've had delayed onset and it's still in your body. So where folks with DSPS kind of get in trouble is when your body clock doesn't match up with your job or your school times. Um, Like, thank God I only had one job ever where, like, I had to be there at 8 o'clock in the morning and, you know, had, like, a set lunch and then I, you know, I mean, and leave at the same time every day. And it was just awful. I mean, it was just awful for me. Um, I've always gotten to kind of make my own schedule for the most part, so I've been very fortunate. Um, But, you know, so... What folks find, especially if they have kind of what would be, quote, unquote, a normal schedule, that, you know, you're forced to wake up earlier than your body's prepared to, and then it causes, um, you know, loss of sleep for a few hours um, every night. And, and then, you know, we, we're often complaining of, folks, those folks are complaining of, you know, late night insomnia or excessive daytime sleepiness. Um, and these folks really have an increased uh, risk for depression, right? Because when we're sleep deprived, our body is not healthy. It's not going to be balanced. It doesn't matter what you do. If you're sleep deprived, you're not going to be healthy. Um, and and so anyway, this this DSPS can be found in persons of any age, um, but it's most common in like teenagers. And it usually develops, like, in, around kind of puberty, that 14, 14-ish, you know, kind of when we've hit puberty, um, and it lasts until the mid-20s. And, like, I know that DSPS is common enough in kids, a lot of schools are looking at changing, like, their start times. Like, our high schools here last year switched to from, like, a 7.30 start time to a 9 start time for the high school kids um, to allow them to get better sleep. Now, I'm I'm thinking that um, what they probably have gotten is more screen time, Um, but hopeful they're getting more sleep. Um, another, Another one would be advanced sleep phase syndrome, ASPS, 
And this is where people feel sleepy earlier in the evening, and it causes them to go to bed earlier than most people. Um, and, you know, again, the same thing. They, have, they, they require as much sleep as everyone else does, um, but instead, you know, they go to bed earlier, and so they're getting up earlier. Um, and so for these folks, their melatonin levels and their body temperature cycle um, it, it happens much earlier than most people, um, and so these folks then tend to have like an early morning insomnia where, you know, at three or four or five in the morning they should be asleep and, and they're, you know, not able to, they're not getting enough sleep. Um, again, excessive daytime sleepiness, um, and again, another, you know, at risk for depression because, um, you know, we're, we're not balanced. And this tends to um, be more common in elderly folks um, and maybe about 1% of middle-aged people. So, the, you know, that tends to be something that's um, in older folks. Um, and then there's non-24-hour sleep-wake syndrome. And you may have heard they run commercials for some kind of pharma on TV here all the time. Um, and this is, uh, so for people who have non-24-hour um, wake syndrome, um, their circadian rhythm is out of sync, and it, it, it causes people to have slightly longer than 24-hour sleep cycles, which causes their body clock to shift to later bedtimes every couple of days, and it makes them go to sleep and, and rise later every day. Um, and this is, this is something that's most common in, in folks who are blind, um, and, and it's believed that it's, it's caused by, like, a failure of light to be able to reach, um, you know, our, our, the, the brain properly, you know, our hippocampus. Um, and so it's it's kind of it just runs free, and um, there's hey, there's no regulation. Hey Dana, there's uh, the the non twenty four hour which um, I have uh, I had when I first read about it, it was uh, labeled irregular or it was it wasn't advanced or delayed, it was irregular, but it makes it you know it makes a lot more sense to call it a non twenty four hour. I remember trying to figure out my sleep pattern last year, and it seems like I'll be, it's, you know, because I get really good rest when I go to sleep. I just never know when that's going to be. And I, I would go to bed, sleep eight hours, then I'd be wide awake for 10, go back to bed for eight, be wide awake for 10, and it, it seemed like it was uh, in three-week phases. Where you know my my morning uh, you know my morning right now is noon, but sometimes my morning is at seven a.m. It doesn't last that long, but it seems like there's phases where I uh, I go from an offset circadian rhythm to an irregular or a non twenty four hour, and that usually lasts maybe three weeks, and then I'll I'll be right back to where I am today. And it, it's brutal to not know when you're going to be awake three days from now. You know, you can't make appointments. You can't, you can't schedule anything. It, it's, it's, it's absolutely, uh, you it's know. It's debilitating. It is. It's really, really difficult. 
And people don't understand who don't suffer, you know, they'll just say, well, take your ass to bed. Well, believe me, I, I'm trying, but, you know, it's, if you're not tired, you're not tired. And and that's, you know, like me, I'm still up till 1130 or 12 at night. And I try to make myself, I'm like, nope, you know, I know midnight's my cutoff, and I, I make myself go on to bed, and I fall right to sleep, but then, boom, I'm up at 345, and hating life, and, you know, and then there's days where it catches up with me, and, and I have to, you know, I've I've finally, after over a year, year and a half, have finally in the last, like, two months given myself permission to say it's okay to lay down for an hour or two or something, you know, to, uh, you know, get just to sleep because I'm just worthless. I'm tired, and that's that's what I need to do. Um, so yeah, when I was, uh, is, when, is is falling into bad habits. Well, when I was working uh, days, uh, I have to be in Boston by six a.m. The job started at six, and so I'd, I'd leave the house at four four thirty, and. Uh, yeah, by the time I got home in the afternoon at 2, uh, well, I'd leave work at 2, get get home around 3.30. By the time I got back, I was I was exhausted. It took everything right. I had to get home. And uh, if I if I could push myself to stay awake, I'd be wide awake by 6 or 7 o'clock. Yep. But it was really tough to get through the, you know, from, from, two, from 2 o'clock to, you know, maybe 5. It was really, really hard. And I'd, I'd sometimes lay down for a half hour, 45 minutes, and, you know, my dad was, you know, my dad would be like, the reason you're up all night is because you took a nap. <laughs> I'm like, no, I couldn't even, I couldn't stand myself. I could barely stay awake. You know, that happened to me last weekend. You know, two weeks ago, I, it was the middle of the day. I was exhausted. I, I don't know why I needed to sleep so bad. It was horrible. Well, and and you have to listen listen to your body, but also, you know, sometimes then it can be, you know, you look at, have I drank enough water today? What have I been eating today? Have I eaten anything? Because I think you're probably like a lot of us, and you'll get real hyper-focused, and then the next thing you know, you haven't eaten for, you know, you've just had a nice long fast. You know, it's like, oh, that's, you know, I've been up for 12 hours, and I haven't eaten, or whatever, six hours. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty good about that. My my uh, my intake's pretty regular, and my diet is also pretty regular. Yeah, and I and I've done that to make I've done that to make sure that it wasn't my diet that was affecting me. So I I, I stick to a lot of vegetables, and I cook a rather large batch because it's just veggies, and I'll just warm it up over and over during the day. I'll make a big batch, and then I'll scoop some out, put it in a smaller pan, and just, Well, you know, I would say that's probably what, that's, you know, again, that helps, you know, you're at least feeding your body then, which is a good thing, you know. Um, well, then there's there's another called irregular sleep-wake rhythm, and that is a circadian rhythm disorder um, for people who have sleep-wake cycles that aren't defined by any pattern of sleep. Instead, um, their sleep occurs at various naps kind of throughout 
um, a 24-hour period, and it usually adds up to a normal seven to nine hours of sleep, a normal sleep cycle, um, but for these folks, there's just no regular pattern, and their nap, nap times and durations can vary from day to day. Um, and I know there's a lot of folks like that. They'll go and they'll nap and they'll go and they'll nap. And I'll watch them, too, you know, like, cause, and I'm sure people, too, you can track track posts, people who post enough on Facebook, and you can kind of see, oh, yep, they were asleep and then they're back up. And um, But uh, any folks, so these, these folks, you know, uh, complain of insomnia as well, and, and that's, you know, because they're not sleeping normally at night. Um, again, a lot of daytime um, sleepiness, and then that's they 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 feel like then they end up napping. Um, then, of course, there's like um, uh, sleep work or a shift work disorder, and so folks. Um, you know, my friend Edie May, her her husband just went you know on a, a swing shift, got a job, so. Like every couple weeks, he's switching, and they work all three different shifts. Um, and so that, you know, a lot of police officers and firefighters and, and different folks like that, a lot of factory work, um, you know, those folks um, will will struggle with the rotating schedules. Um, and, and that really is going to wreak, wreaks havoc on your circadian rhythm and, and, and certainly just your, your overall health. Um, and then of course there's jet lag and I don't think I need to, you know, go into that, but you know, with, with jet lag, when you move, especially if you, you know, if you're going across time zones, then you've got to get used to that change, you know, 7 PM one place is, you know, 4 PM at home. Um, you you you'll adjust to that, but it's usually um, usually something that you know can be corrected just in a couple of days. So, um, as a behavior therapist, I've you know been specialized in behavioral therapy for 25 years. Um, it really helps to understand, okay, you know what what is your what is the disrupt that you have going on um not just you know oh i have insomnia or whatever but really understanding where those issues are coming from and then you know when i would work with people it would be you know scheduling regular sleep wake times like it takes a couple weeks to get used to but you know it's something that you know you've got to begin to to, to set those normal times, avoiding naps is is one. Um, because if we avoid those naps, we we do um, you know what's what's called sleep restriction. Um, and so, what you're going to do is just you know get up and um, and you're going to get up from if you're in bed you're going to get up and you'll you'll be up for a little while but then go back to sleep or you know nap nap wise you're 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 going to skip that that nap um getting regular exercise is very important you know people nowadays really don't get as physically tired 
as um, maybe, you know, well, certainly our ancestors did. But, there, you know, the more exercise you get, and it doesn't have to be going, you know, and being my pretty pony at the gym. And there's nothing wrong with gyms. But, you know, again, just getting out, walking, doing stuff, raking, you know, everything we can turn into to, to exercise, getting that heart rate up and, and doing things that push you not not horribly necessarily if you're just starting out, but push you to that degree of having some level of, of physical exertion that makes you, you tired. Um, caffeine and nicotine, um, those are things that should be avoided before bed. But, you know, I... And, and really, for a lot of folks, they really probably shouldn't consume, especially if you have a sleep issue, you really shouldn't be consuming caffeine after around 2 o'clock. And I know a lot of people, you know, who are those coffee sippers, and they'll sip on coffee all day and all night. Very um, true. Very true. Uh, that, that's why I, here I am interjecting for mushroom coffee. But I'll tell you what. <clears throat> when you have reishi in your coffee and your coffee is low caffeine, it's uh, very helpful. <laughs> well, we don't have to have coffee, though. I mean, coffee is, that's a particular flavor, but there's a number of things. So teas, teas, yep. you know, anything can be a tea. So getting that nice herbal blend, chamomile oh, yeah. is a really beautiful smelling I you know, that. herb, lavender is amazing, you know, and, and, and combining some of these things and, and, and like, make, typically before bed, a tea is going to be pretty helpful and then maybe piggyback with some, you know, essential oils or mixing those in with your mushroom. And that can be your coffee or tea, but we have to change our mindset and what mm-hmm. we define. Chicory, not only is it a beautiful flower, um, and dandelion root, you know, the roots of both of those, clean them up, uh, bake them, you know, roast them in the oven, grind them up, and, and you've got a beautiful, a really nice coffee. Um, and that's, you know, what's about coffee is, yes, there's the flavor, but hell, if you want that flavor, you can get a coffee the coffee essential from a coffee bean, you know, a essential oil and add a drop to an extract. Or, really, you know, it's it's so true. You know, that's yeah. what our coffee is. It's an ex, it's it's an extract from the bean. You know, rather Absolutely. than rather than having all that caffeine, you get the the good rich flavor. You know, right. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it's it's switching up. It's it's kind of like eat this, not that, or drink this, not that. And so it's not that you can't ever have coffee again, but that we, we change it. You know, we change up. And, you know, if you're looking for that jolt, you know, that increase in energy, you know, then there's there there are you know things that we can take you know again to gosh there's so many things that you know can boost our adrenals and you know help wake us up um so um let's see one of one of the things you sent me was on uh, adrenal fatigue what, can you explain what that is i haven't had a chance to read that yet 
Yeah, so adrenal fatigue, um, around, oh, in our really our mid-20s, we begin, our adrenals, our adrenal glands begin to kind of deplenish in um, producing the hormones that help uh, stimulate our, our body. And and so we become very lethargic and um, very very tired, um, body aches, trouble concentrating, racing thoughts, moodiness, irritability, like always tired, feeling overwhelmed, hormone balance, cravings, right? So understanding your cravings, but often cravings for sweet and salty foods again, can be symptoms of adrenal fatigue. And so adrenal fatigue, you know, I think a lot of people are suffering also from these sleep issues because of adrenal fatigue. And people, and and really until about, ooh, I don't know, eight years ago, I would, adrenal what? You know, I, I did not pay attention to um, my adrenals. Um, and so... Um, you know, a lot of times they're they're overlooked, and and you know, if somebody comes in and says, "Well, I can't sleep," and they describe sleep stuff, and the doctor really doesn't pry or somebody doesn't ask any more questions, you know, you're going to have issues with that. So, sleep, you know, sleep, 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 um, very important, you know, with adrenal fatigue, and um. It you know again adrenal fatigue can lead to uh, excess storage of fat, and obviously that leads to lower energy levels as well. Um, and so there's a lot of things. Nuts and seeds raw are best. You know, uh, incorporating lots of of nuts and seeds, not peanuts, um, because. It's a biotoxic, and there's a chemical, especially for people who have cancer, there's a chemical compound in there that can stimulate cancers. So no peanuts, but all kinds of, you know, black beans and and seeds and nuts. Chia seeds are phenomenal. Flax seeds, um, you know, Brazil nuts, and and a little bit of a Brazil, you know, a little bit goes a long way with those, Um, you know, fruits. So lots of, you know, be a rainbow warrior, incorporate lots of fruits into your diet. Um, If you're going to do dairy, raw is best. And so, like, if I get milk, I'll get it from the Amish, my Amish lady down the road, or I'll get cream from her, or I'll drink goat's milk or goat's yogurt, goat's cheese, and sheep's cheese, Um, you know, somewhere in my late 20s, my body decided it hated dairy, and, you know, I've had to listen to that. And so, what? but what I've found is, you know, the the goats and, and, and sheep cheeses and, and things like that are tend to be better for you, and there aren't the hormones and things of that nature. Um, and again, I get it locally, so, you know, having, having that. So, you know, diets are really... Um, a really big part of that, and then, um, oh, hold on just a second. Um, there, you know, are herbs. So Jeff, I'm sure, is going to chime in and go, 
mushrooms because they're going to be great um, for the adrenals. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, our, I love the, our, our our kidney formula. I just love. It. I I use it and um, it it definitely helps. It, it definitely helps. Um, well, and we I'm have uh, an adrenal boost at, from Roots, and that's Scott Ashwanda, Holy yep. Basil, Licorice Root, um, Rodeo Rosa, and Matcha. And so... Uh, I use Matcha, too. Yeah, and those are really great, um, you know, to stimulate uh, the, the adrenals and um, help balance the body and you know, replenish. Ah, sorry, I just walked through the house and I was trying to be quiet and I didn't do a very good job. Um, you know, so again, those are, you know, some things you could do. So you can make a really nice tea or coffee or whatever you want to call it and do combinations, whether you take a tincture from us or you like to grow or go and buy, you know, and you find good sources of these herbs, you can all of a sudden you know, make your your own teas. And again, we're when we're talking about teas, these things are typically better for uh, support, not not curative, but supportive. All right. And so things like sleep and nausea and cramps and you know, there's there's various things that that teas can do. And you know, especially going into fall and winter, having something you know, a nice warm beverage. We like that, so, um, you know, combining these things or, you know, working them in um, and then certainly getting, you know, if you're really looking for more curative things um, now, like for adrenals, then you you might be looking for something. It depends, it depends on how, um, you know, serious it is how significant the symptoms are. Some folks might be able to drink some teas and be okay. Um, but if you're at the point you figured out you have adrenal fatigue, you're probably really dragging ass and say something like, you know, high potency mushroom extract or a tincture because they're, they tend to be stronger is going to be better than something, you know, that comes um, just kind of unprocessed. So, uh, yeah, and, and adrenal fatigue is in both men and women. So, okay. Um, you know, it's it's something for men to pay attention to as well. And, you know, gosh, especially, you know, if you're, by the time you're in your 40s, and certainly by our 50s, I think we start to go feel a few more aches and pains. Um, Tell me about it. You know. Huh? <laughs> I said, tell me about I'm getting it. there. I'll be 46 this year, but I'm, you know, I'm still pretty good. I, I'm always, I'm pretty active. So, but my guy, I played softball still until five years ago. My husband made me quit, but ah, oh, anyway, <laughs> I wouldn't quit sliding and stuff. So, so um. As a as a quick recap before we continue, for anybody who um, who's looking for, because you guys cover, I mean, for me, um, 
I'm not a big reader. I I I would have anxiety if I thought I had to read 30 pages. So I'm I'm <laughs> it's amazing I I'm able to do the research that I do because uh, I I just I have a hard time. My brain scrambles easy. I um, I was diagnosed with uh, narcolepsy in '96 or '97, I think, and have since come to the conclusion that it's just insomnia. <laughs> Uh, but for you know, as far as uh, anybody tuning in who's not well studied into any of this stuff, uh, a quick recap as far as like just uh, you know maybe two or three of, of the most important things that they need to focus on first before they you know as they're digging into the rest of the stuff. What what do you recommend? What do you uh, of the stuff we've talked about? What's the most important? Um, the most important is trying to set regular sleep schedule, okay? I can't stress enough ditching the electronics in the bedroom. My cell phone, my cell phone, the sound, the only time it's on is if I'm, and and I don't necessarily have to have it on because I can't talk on it where I live, but is if I'm out hiking or if I'm driving around and I think somebody's going to call, I'll turn the sound up. So it stays out in the living room in a case um, and with something over it because the bedroom door, I can see kind of the couch where it's at. So I make sure that I can't see it light up at all. Um, I have turned the clock around. I build a pillow wall. I have learned not to look at the clock if I do wake in the middle of the night. I know, you know, I tell myself it's going to be okay, go back to sleep, and I, you know, I lay there. Like, I, I feel my, I've trained myself as you begin to feel yourself waking up, to kind of tell yourself, no, 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 go to sleep, it's not time. You know, the alarm didn't go off, go go back to sleep. Um, t- keeping the cell phones out of the bedroom, I just, I really can't stress that enough. Now, there is a new, I don't know, thing out there called adult bedtime stories, and various people read them, and they're they're just kind of really comforting, somewhat meditative, just different kind of stories. And so some folks might like that. I highly recommend, you know, if you've got to have something on, sometimes a little bit of, you know, Indian flute music or something like that. I've used the uh, rain too, sound. by the way. Uh-huh. I've used uh I've used subliminal um you know uh recordings for various relaxation and chakras and things like that um and I found them to be very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um and and so I but ditching the lights. I mean, and don't get up and go get on the computer. Because then what we kind of, it's kind of like, you know, a little kid learns, oh, if I, you know, if I wake up and then, you know, one time, if I wake up in the middle of the night, maybe, you know, grandma will give me a cookie or something, and so I'm going to get up every time. Well, our cookie's right there. If you know you can go pop on and and get on social media or text somebody or play games or whatever it is people do on their phones that they're con- you know they're just glued to and I mean I know I am too cuz I run help I run groups I do my work is online 
but you got to know how to take breaks and sleep is the time when you know um so in in putting duct tape over any lights over any electronics you have in your you know your bedroom if you can or you know when you go in to go to be- you know you cover it up with something um don't go to sleep with the tv on needs to be dark it needs to be quiet white noise like a fan is fine but you know those those are important things um and then there's um you know quite a few naturals out there that are very effective like 5-HTP um and that helps replenish serotonin um, what is what, what what is that? 5-HTP. Never heard of it. What oh, it's it? great. So, um, it's it's the immediate nutrient precursor to serotonin, and serotonin's labeled 5-HT. And so, it what it does is it converts into serotonin in your brain, um, and your your body uses tryptophan to manufacture. Um, 5-HTP. So, and we talk about, you know, there's, and it also helps with, with mood, um, but, you know, is people a great talk about turkey, yeah. you know, eating turkey, making you tired, and that's the tryptophan. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I knew that sounded familiar. And Yeah, and so serotonin is profoundly important for sleep and mood, learning, sexual behavior, hormone regulation, um, you know, and that's, you know, that's just some of what, you know, serotonin does. So it's it's a really good supplement for sleep, and it helps, rep- like I said, replenish serotonin um, and, and can help, you know, a lot. So I, I like for folks to, to do that. Honestly, the first line should be seeing a behavioral therapist, but most people aren't going to do that um, because they can – give you but you know if you're listening to something like this and then you're pretty motivated to change that you're gonna you know you're gonna be able to to help change those those sleep patterns um gaba um so gaba is another uh naturally occurring chemical compound that's produced in the brain and it helps to calm um the excitability in neurons um and it's a an inhibitory neurotransmitter in the brain. Um, so it um, it has a suppressive effect on uh, excited neurotransmitters like norepinephrine, norepinephrine, I can't get it out. Noroepinephrine, neuroepinephrine. Epinephrine. Yeah, epinephrine. Epinephrine. Oh. Sorry, yeah, no neuroepinephrine. I'm right. just, I'm adding crap on there. Aminomycin <laughs> nine. Oh man, I'll make, sh- I'll make shit up. I'm like the bush of herbalism, <laughs> bushism. Um, so um, anyway, it's 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 tied to the parasympathetic nervous system, um, and so it's it helps calm that fight or flight. Um, so people who have chronic sleep problems typically have GABA levels that are probably below 30%. Um, and so again, this is the same as people with mood disorders like 
depression. And again, those mood disorders are frequently tied um, to sleep disorders. So um, GABA is another good one. Um, GABA and 5-HTP together is really great um, and has proven effects of improving sleep and, and duration and quality. So, you know, considering the two of those uh, together, um, L-thionine, um, and it's, it's an amino acid, and that's another great one. Uh, vitamin B6 is very important, so um, vitamin B6 converts um, small amounts of the tryptophan into niacin or vitamin B3 and serotonin. Um, so again, that B6 is going to be something that can help regulate sleep patterns. Hey Dana, what was the uh, the amino acid you just mentioned? I was I was in the kitchen getting my GABA. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> right on. Um, L-thionine, <laughs> and it's an amino acid um, that's found well a, a lot in like green tea, and it helps to increase the alpha wave activity in the brain. Um, can you so spell? It, it, can you spell that? Because that doesn't sound familiar. L dash T H E A N I N E. Nope, I ain't. No, nope, I ain't got that one. Okay. Well, it it helps to mimic brain waves during deep sleep phases. Um. And and. So because of that, it increases the production of dopamine and serotonin and GABA. And again, all of those promote sleep and elevate mood. Um, and it's it's been effective in, in kids with ADHD who have trouble sleeping. Um, and in fact, there were some studies done on, like, you know, young males um, but that this, this particular amino acid was something that was uh, found to be helpful. Now, I only read an abstract of it, and so I didn't look to see, but, you know, what, what kind of a study it was. But most of the amino acids are, um, you know, pretty essential, or, you know, some things, well, some of the amino acids. Um, so... Um, melatonin, and we we talked about that, and um, you know it's pretty good in low doses. I mean, just a couple of milligrams, and and so it can it can help in, enhance sleep, like total sleep time. Um, you know how well you sleep, managing your non-REM and your REM sleep, and you know just making sure, um, you know, that you're sleeping like you should. So yeah, that's really great. And then there's just a number of things like herbs and, and flowers. So passion flower, um, kava kava. Um, what do those do? Uh, passion flower is, helps to, to really relieve anxiety um, but it's also effective in relieving insomnia. And what it does is it helps boost 
um, the level of sleep-promoting GABA in the brain, um, and it also helps um, to quiet brain activity. So it helps us relax and it helps us to quiet the mind and sleep better. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's passion flowers wonderful for anxiety and depression um, and insomnia and even women going through menopause. So it's, I like that one a lot. Um, Kava Kava, I use that some. That's one I, I'll have folks like take breaks from just because um, it may or may not. There's, you know, a lot of conflicting literature, but it, it could cause, you know, buildup in the liver. So it's not something you want to take. Like I'll have people take it like for a week at a time. And, and then take a break for a week, you know, so kind of a week on, week off. Um, but um, it has a similar effect as alcohol, but without, like, the unwanted side effects, like, you know, hangovers. So um, it's, it's, it's really helpful with, with sleep and in calming, calming the body. Um, and calming the brain. Um, and as far helps, as... Uh, and it helps decrease feelings of anxiety and, and stuff. Okay, now on the uh, on the other side of the coin, so th those are all great for helping you get some rest to relieve anxiety, you know, bring a, you know, soothe out, you know, things that, um, things that calm you down. Now, uh, the other half of the story is when you are trying to correct your sleep pattern, it's, it's actually staying awake during the day and not taking naps. And, uh, you know, for somebody who gets up and has no desire to be awake for another three or four hours except to set to reset their sleep pattern, uh, what... Like uh, I've got a, a bunch of nootropics, aniracetam and paracetam and, and different things uh, that I you know I haven't used them in quite a while. But uh, you know what what kind of things will wake you up in the morning? Uh, for instance, I found out that I read I read something about a year and a half ago uh, while I was in England. I was trying to stay awake and and uh, I, it was really killing me. And I started reading and I. Read across an article that was talking about uh, kombucha and the enzymes in kombucha, when they get into your gut, they send a signal to your brain that says it's okay to have energy now. So until those enzymes are there, your brain uh, doesn't release the energy that's stored up. And once that enzyme's in there, for some reason, it's okay. So is there other things that work like that? Um. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's all kind of, you know, again, things that kind of improve uh, metabolism um, or, you know, like, okay, I have, I, I tell, you know, pretty much most people, obviously, if you've got certain issues, you don't want to, but apple cider vinegar, you know, it detoxifies the body, it's anti-inflammatory, um, helps get digestion going it it's it helps speed up metabolism um you know so 
there are are things like that. Certainly, I you know probiotics and prebiotics are things that are going to be important. You know, because again, those lead to gut health. They you know help make sure that we're detoxed. They help make sure our body's balanced. I mean, probiotics and prebiotics are are very important. Um, uh, turmeric is is something again that you know is is would be beneficial. Um, not if you're on blood thinners, and, and actually turmeric has a host of interactions, so you always want to check that out. But you know, it's good stuff. Um, what uh, what role does it play in sleep or, or you know the sleep wake patterns? Well, you were, I, you know, turmeric just I think it's an anti-inflammatory, and I think that. Um, and there and there are folks who uh take it for sleep like golden paste um for pain and and inflammation and sometimes these things also help promote sleep um because you feel better and so you know you're able to kind of do things that you're you know you weren't able to before um gosh there's there's just yeah, you know, the- the golden paste, what was that again? The turmeric and, and coconut oil? Uh, yeah, you can use coconut oil or you can use uh, any kind of olive oil, hemp seed oil. Um, you, but you want a fat because that increases the bioavailability of turmeric because it, it, it's not very bioavailable. Um, and then mixing it with black pepper increases it like another... Four thousand percent, or something crazy like that. Um, so black pepper yeah. with the pepper teen is is very important, um, and again, it helps calm and soothe us um, because it's also high in B. Dang it! And I was saying it right when Donovan and I were talking. B. Carifenephalin. Um, that is. Uh, a terpene that happens to be very high in pepper as well as other things that also interacts with the CB2, so our cannabis 2 receptors, again, all of which help calm and reduce inflammation and pain within the body. And again, when we're reducing pain and inflammation in the body, that's going to help promote sleep. It can also help promote movement right, and waking times because we feel better. When we're not inflamed, we just do everything better because we're functioning better. Um, Hey, I just just realized we've been on almost for two hours. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anybody's got any questions or not, but if you're on here and you've got questions, please uh, don't wait your turn because... We're, we'll be gone and back next week before that happens. Just cut in uh, star six to unmute yourself and star two to raise your hand. So well, next star week six, I'll be out of town. You'll be out of town? We want to skip I next will. week? 9-11, I'll be gone. Yeah, yeah, because, like, we're going, I'm going on a vacation with my family and, like, my family vacations growing up were camping, and that's what we did because that's what we could afford to do, and we loved to do it. So then eventually it was just like, oh, my God, because every time we go camping, torrential downpour. 
So we've planned all year. We're going to Gulf Shores, Alabama. What hit Alabama today? Say what? A hurricane. Mother Nature was like, bitch, please. You might not be camping by a lake, but give me this ocean. So <laughs> I'll be in Gulf Shores, Alabama. All right. So we'll, we'll take next week off, which is great because I've been doing three shows a week for a month and a half. and. Oh, yeah, it's it, it's not too much. I mean, it, it's fun to do, but it's also it's also nice to take a break sometimes. So uh, anybody on here has got any questions? Uh, star two to raise your hand, or star six to unmute yourself. Uh, if you have any questions, come on in and just ask. Otherwise, we're going to wrap it up in about five minutes. Well, hey, Eric. Nobody hey, has any questions. Yeah, I think it's us. I think Carol probably her signal might it might have dropped again or something. I'm sorry. What was that? Oh, I said I Carol was on in the chat room, but I don't see her, so she might have gotten like she it, the signal dropped earlier for her. So oh, right anyway. On. Yeah, so I just, uh, you know, obviously have been taking notes here, as usual, <laughs> because I love this show. And thank you, Dana. I got tons of stuff here. I actually ran on a note paper and had to flip the pages over and start writing on the back. <laughs> <laughs> right on. But, uh, yeah, I just want to uh, uh, confirm about the camping. Yep. Like, the camping is super huge to resetting your your biological not only just your biological time clock but your like you oh, know, your connection to earth time yeah. clock <laughs> and uh, you know I when I was younger I had the opportunity when I was a little kid even like as young as age 12 I would be able to go out on a horse with uh you know, by myself and up in the Rocky Mountains and camp. And uh, when you get up at like, you know, 10, 11,000 feet and you see the stars and you realize that there's nothing around you, there's no people around you for like 50 to 70 miles, it's just, it's very powerful. Like you you become very connected to the ground that you're lying on. <laughs> and uh, there's, yeah, so if, if anybody has the capability to do that, they should definitely do that because that is the most centering experience that I can think of. When you're just out there and there's nothing around you except the world, the earth, you know, the earth and the things that God put here on this earth, it, everything very much crystallizes and it very much, like you're just very aware. And it's, it, it, it's just, it's almost, I don't want to use the word magical, but it's, it's but very. It is, it is. like I, I spend as many waking moments as I can outside and you know, it's there's nothing like experiencing the day waking up, you know, that sunrise where you hear 
first the cardinals and then other birds and then you know maybe some some cicada action and 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 then you know into the evening and and when you're paying attention to how bright the stars are and you can begin to di- differentiate a cricket from a spring peeper you know to hoot owls and you know when you begin to hear these things you're 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 absolutely connected yeah, so if anybody gets the opportunity to do that, definitely do it. It is well worth the time and effort to really, really find your center. And another thing I wanted to comment about was the cow's milk versus the uh, like the goat's milk. Uh, you know, like from my understanding, a cow's milk is very uh large like the molecules uh-huh. are very large and a goat yeah. is much more similar to uh, like a human's milk and so it's uh, it's much easier to digest and the only other thing i want to say about the milk is if and i know that most people can't acquire raw milk but if you pasteurize milk it kills the lactate that helps, which is the enzyme that helps digest the milk. So all these people that say, oh, I'm lactose intolerant, they're probably really not lactose intolerant. They probably just, it's because they're drinking pasteurized milk that does not have the lactate to help that lactose digest properly. Well, and we're yeah. we're also eating a lot of dairy-like products, and and really, I mean, we're the only animal that drinks other animals' milk. So that kind of tells you we're not really <laughs> supposed to be drinking anything other than breast milk. And even at some point, there's you know an end game on that. Um, uh, and and so there's not really a need to ingest dairy you know now you know there were cheeses and milks and if you're farming it and again when you have it raw that was different and 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 that was kind of a staple food source but they're they're not really things we need in our diet and i totally agree and i pretty much don't need any dairy at this juncture but yeah i just wanted to do the lactate lactose thing absolutely Um, Another thing I wanted to, uh, you talked about adrenal fatigue. And so I just wanted to, uh, and maybe this is not correct. I don't know, maybe you can clarify. Uh, So the adrenals, what they do is they put out cortisol when there's inflammation present. And so the, the adrenals put out cortisol And if you're in a constant state of inflammation, your adrenals will continually put out cortisol. And that's what causes adrenal fatigue. And so if if the trick is to reduce your inflammation, and to do that, you reduce the, the garbage that we ingest into our bodies that cause the inflammation so that our adrenal functions will come back down and stop releasing the cortisol that's 
should be just reserved for, you know, the times when we have the moments of inflammation. You, you want to comment on that? I I think you did an excellent excellent job of of explaining that, and and again you tied it right back into gut health health, and you know like heal thy gut, heal thyself, and I'm you guys anybody you know who's going to listen to the show they're going to get worn out on hearing that you know is because if you it, it it's just oh three quarters of your immune system and three quarters of your neurotransmitters are produced in our gut um you know and then there's the microbiome and and so really protecting your guts every bit as important as putting a damn helmet on if you're going to go ride a bicycle but we don't think of it that way. We think our body's just supposed to function or, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, that's too complicated. I, You know, that makes my head explode. I can't understand that. But we can. It's just finding the right ways to break it down. Um, but, you know, I, you're, you're absolutely right. And in that when you're in a chronic state of, of stress, that just continues the – um, inflammation, and if people, you know, again, don't understand that we we do have a level of control over these chemical reactions that are occurring, and it's going to take some time. Um, you know, it's 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 going to take a little bit of work, but it's going to, in the long run, it's going to be a lot less work than what you're doing when you're sick. Being sick is expensive. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I totally agree. And everybody that I've ever worked with, the biggest problem that I've ever come across is their their own desire for what they want to consume. Because once you, if you can break through that and get them to be at the point where it's like, okay, I don't care what I have to do. I will consume whatever I have to consume or not consume whatever I need to not consume to fix my illness. When they get to that point, then it's easy. It's super easy. And I don't care if it's, uh, you know, third stage brain cancer, MS, uh, you know, whatever it is, as soon as they're ready to say, you know what, I'm ready to give up everything, and uh, no, I'm ready to I'm ready start to taking take anything. No, I yeah. think, but again, it's it's about it's about our words, and so and you're you're right, but I I would like to to change that syntax of it's it's not what you have to give up. It's looking at everything you have to gain and taking baby steps in changing you know, what we're ingesting. And so all of a sudden, instead of living to eat, we're eating to live. Um, Because mealtimes have always been something that's out of necessity. It nourishes our body. We eat, you know, typically we were able to eat what was there. We ate what was in season. Like, I am sick of eating mushrooms already. I'm just going into fall. So... But anyway, um, you know, like eating what's available. And if, if, if people focus on that, they're going to be a lot a lot healthier. Um, and, and it's everything about your mind. Instead of laying there, 
you know, going to sleep before you, you've got yourself talked out of sleep before you even get to bed. I don't even know why I'm bother trying. I'm not going to be able to get to sleep. I can't ever sleep anyway. I sleep like crap, blah, blah, blah. And so we've talked ourselves into an awful freaking night's sleep before we've ever even let our head hit the pillow. And so what we need to be doing is like two hours if you've got insomnia and you've got some severe sleep problems, two hours before bedtime, like you need to be shutting down, you need to be winding down, you need to be... Um, saying your goodbyes to people on Facebook, you, you know, social media. You need to be putting the electronics away. If you want to read a book, that's fine. If you want to write, journal. If you want to draw, if you want to do something like that, that's fine. That's a good time to do nighttime stretching. Um, that's, you know, a good time to have cuddle time with your animal or whatever, um, but as, you know, if you're a parent, you know, as you're putting your kids to bed, then you, you've got to have your unwind time. But, you know, you've got to have a routine to go to sleep, just like people, because there's a lot of people who make sure they schedule in enough time to make sure they get the damn mocha lata, chate, crapola, frappuccino thing at, you know, the caffeinated beverage place. Um, they're not going to miss that. And they'll sure as hell schedule in a happy hour, but God forbid we, you know, schedule in sleep, healthy sleep, just downtime, you know. And so it's it's about changing our thinking. Sorry. <laughs> no, Thank that, you. that was awesome. That was perfect. And, yeah. You know, and it's, oh, go ahead and guess. No, we're we're well over the two hour mark. Uh, go ahead and uh, I, I I wanted to hear. Uh, about negative ions, uh, waterfalls, pine trees produce negative ions, and I didn't know if they had any effect on sleep. But uh, go ahead, Eric. Go and, and if we have time, then maybe we can cover. We talked about that, Gus. <clears throat> you yeah, and I, I, we I talked about the mats, and we talked about uh, the bedding, and some of the other things that people use uh, for, to produce that negative ion field. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was just. A pine forest automatically is calming to you. Whenever you walk into the woods, right. all of a sudden you've got even more of uh, a natural lighting um, and the terpenes. So, all of a sudden you've got like this amazing bouquet of terpenes coming from dirt, from flowers, trees, you name yep. it, everything around you. And so within nature is healing, and if you're in a good area that, you know, you're, the air is fairly decent, you know, then and, and you're able to get around trees and things of that nature. And, again, I think that's a part of, you know, people have all of these allergies. Well, it goes back to gut health and inflammation. And, and folks, you know, video games, whoo, did we ever see a rise in the 80s just like, was the onslaught of let's label everything. So, yeah. All right. Well, hey, um, Eric, did you have a quick question or do you want to save it for next time? Uh, no, man. Go, just I know you're tired, so let's just cut it off. All right. We'll be back in a couple of weeks uh, with Jeff and Dana for Hands-On Health. Uh, you can join us tomorrow night. Um, for Common Law Shamanism, and you can join us Saturday night for Rockin' the Word, both with uh, Sean and JC, 
And uh, tomorrow we talk about law, Saturday Bible study, and in two weeks we'll be back to talk some more about health. Thank you guys for being with us tonight and for hanging out. And uh, I'll let Jeff and Dana sign off, and then I'm going to kill this the, the recording. I just want to I just want to thank everybody for coming out and uh, and listening, and I hope this helps some people because I know what it's like not to be able to sleep. I've gone through. Uh, times myself with this and I've been lucky enough to get on the other side of it and um, just hope that this helps and Dana is just once again a plethora of information above it. Well thank you and I appreciate everybody who downloads and shows up and listens and just remember to be the good and be the helper and be the change you you, you seek you know Walk the walk. Yep. Absolutely. Thanks a lot for being here, Dana. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Gus. Gus. Thanks, Gus, man. As soon as you shut down, you need to, like, potty, pops a snack, and then hit the rack. Thanks, Dana. Thanks, Dana. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate you. Thanks, Eric. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.